Subtext and Discourse, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the art world with the unique individuals involved in the field. I'm your host, Michael Dooney, owner and director of Berlin-based Gallery for Contemporary Art, Jarvis Dooney. My guest today is Maya Anna, the chief curator of International Photography Festival, Photo Israel. We spoke earlier this week, prior to the opening of the festival, about the changes that have been made in light of the COVID-19 restrictions and the online program of lectures and presentations they have developed as a result. If you're listening to this episode today, the 13th of November, you can still register for the online talks which will be taking place over the next weeks. But without further delay, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Maya Anna. Before we talk about this year's edition, how long have you been with Photo Israel? Well, I've been involved with the festival, I think, from 2012. I've been curating a major international exhibition each year. It started out with photography from South Korea, and then from the States, and then from the UK. And then after all this time, I mean, I've also been part of the festival's artistic community over the years, and then... Three years ago, I joined in full-time as chief curator. Yeah, if I understand correct, you've been in the cultural sector for over 15 years. You used to work for Artlink, and then you were the arts manager at the British Council. But is this your first purely curatorial role? Yes, I mean, I've always been curating, both like in each of the positions I had, it also included curating in one way or another, or I made sure I did, and also I curated privately. But yes, this is the first position which is actually officially all about curating, which you know is also not only curating, you know. (laughs) Exactly. It involves a lot. I assume as the chief curator, you have a team? Yes, yes. I am like largely responsible for everything that's going on. But of course, I work with other curators, you know, who invite me for each festival to curate. And during the month before the festival, then I also have my assistant who also curates shows, Yara, which is great, and I couldn't have done any of this without her. And uh, we have, you know, our whole team working together. But in the sense of content and curation, I'm also responsible to overseeing everything that is done in the festival. Oh, okay. So it's almost like the artistic director role is also encompassed within the chief curator position. Yeah, in a way. I mean, our director is also artistic director. He's involved in some of the things and especially like in the main outcome of everything, uh, concept-wise and design-wise. But the content of the actual exhibitions is my responsibility. And I think this year... I've curated more than previous years because we had less involvement of exterior curators due to Mm -hmm. the situation. It was even more curation this year. Yeah, because I read on the website that you almost had to redesign the entire festival to make it happen this time around. So in the three years you've been there, how big a shift was it? Even just to last year, how much has changed? It was a very big shift because if each year, each exhibition looked differently in photography in general, you have endless options of, you know, how to curate, how to produce, how you want to print and sizes and material framing, screenings, you know, it's endless. After the phase, which was, as always, you know, selecting the artists and the specific works and the the themes, 
the production part was totally different. Starting out from doing everything from home, like where you see me now on my computer, and having to do sketches of the exhibitions, which eventually went through graphic design, you know, great designers that we worked with, something that we haven't done before because the exhibitions would all have to be like printed out in order to fit this huge fence that we're installing on. And the material, you know, if each year, you know, we'd, we'd get to think of what would we print in, if photographic paper or wallpaper or what framing, and now it's all this uh, material which is kind of like a canvas, but it's water-resistant and sun-resistant, and, you know, it's very different than what we're used to doing. Yeah, so this year there is still a physical exhibition, but rather than it being in spaces, it's an, an outdoor exhibition. Yes, yes, yes. It's a physical exhibition. That's what we're so excited about. We didn't feel that the festival could all be done online. I know there are festivals who have done that, but it was very important for us to have a physical exhibition. So we have a physical exhibition like outside on a central square in Tel Aviv. It's construction. It's like a fence which is surrounding an 800 meter circle of a construction site and it's three meters high so it's like you walk around almost one kilometer of exhibitions and they're all stretched over this fence and we have two Polish artists Maximilian and Magdalena Rigamonti. They both have like also a three-dimensional element to it that we added so you know it gave us an option to play with the space, but we had to consider the weather conditions, the fact that it's outside, not guarded, very different from normal uh, times. Yeah, because how is the festival normally? Actually, no, I'll go back one question. Photo Israel, it reminds me a little bit of when I spoke with Angel from Photo Island, that it's an organization and a festival. So you have like a year-round program, but then you also have a festival during one specific time of the year. This year, I think even the way that you've described it, that you're having the outdoor element. Who's the general, who's the target audience normally for the festival? Is it mostly centered around people within Israel or is it promoted to the region? Is it international? I mean, it is international content-wise, the festival itself, but the audience is mainly from Israel. Unfortunately, we're not, uh, you know, in friendly relations with our region, (laughs) something which I would have loved and, you know, it seems like a dream to have like a regional festival. Who knows? Now that president is changing in the US, then anything can happen. But the public that comes is uh, mostly Israelis. It's professionals and also just a wide audience. It's important for us to create an event that speaks to everyone. You know, it has high art in it, but it's also for families and, you know, really people all over the country. And we usually we also have guests from all over the world, like the artists, different speakers and curators, which this year we couldn't, uh, which is another difference. But that is why we have a very rich online program this year to go side by side with the physical festival. Yeah, do you think that will help the international exposure of the festival? Yeah, exactly, because usually, you know, the most of our online visitors are the people taking part in the festival. And this year, everyone can join. Most of our sessions are international and in English. And also it enables us to host people who are not part of the program itself, like the exhibitions, for instance, Martin Parr. 
which we're very happy to have her as our, you know, first speaker or guest of honor. Also, all the other great artists that are exhibiting, usually not everyone can come. This year, everyone can join in online. So it has its benefits. Yeah, we'll see how it works. The festival's built around a theme, you were saying, and this year is Transformations. But you've selected this prior to Corona. Yeah, so it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So we did select it like a year ago, and it seems like we're all prophets or something because it couldn't fit better. But yeah, we have a theme each year, and it goes that uh, we have the open call and the theme to the festival. And this year, the open call, when the open call was out, Corona wasn't the thing yet. And then while it was out in the air, we started getting uh, applications, and then... It started and all the lockdowns and it was amazing. First of all, that people kept on sending materials while, you know, mm-hmm. we were all in this anxiety, not knowing what was going on. People sent works and most of the works were not Corona related. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's very good. And I'm so glad that's the way the festival is going to be. So it seems to encourage us to see that there's normality is, you know, continuing in a way. And it's also important to to note that, you know, people, artists have things to say that don't necessarily have to do with Corona. Yeah, with what's happening right now. Exactly, yeah. So the entire festival is curated through an open call? No. So there is one open call. We get hundreds of submissions yearly. This is actually something that started when I started. You asked me like before what changes were after I joined. So this is one of them. Before we would approach artists and this open call, first of all, enabled, you know, everyone to apply. Because it's anonymous, isn't it? Yeah, it's anonymous and it, it made us find so many great artists that we weren't aware of. And then what we have is like the central exhibition, the theme exhibition, which is all the open call winners, which are 20 artists each year. And then around this theme, we have other exhibitions. Uh, We have uh, cooperations with many uh, embassies and cultural institutions from all over the world. So you have the main open call, which is the international one, and that brings the artists together. And I noticed looking through the program that you do work together with a lot of embassies and international cultural institutes. How do you select the work then? We are both involved and aware of what's going on. I think, you know, it goes usually like when I know I have a partnership with an embassy, then they're very open to hearing our suggestions. And then I will just propose an artist from the specific country, which I want to show. Luckily this year, you know, many of the artists I have dreamed of showing are with us this year, so it's very exciting. Sometimes the embassy would have an artist they want to show, but they would ask us what we think, and it's like a dialogue. But we're very happy for this opportunity, and I think, I mean, I know that we are the only cultural event in Israel showing so much international photographers. But you said this year there was a lot of artists that you dreamed of showing and then you've yeah. been able to this time. So who were you really looking forward to presenting? Well, so I can name like three that I've been following over the years and are showing this year and I'm very happy. One of them is Jonas Spendixen uh, from Norway. He's a Magnum photographer. Uh, he's very known. He has a project called The Less Testament. Uh, which is of seven people around the world who think they are the reincarnation of Jesus. 
it's a fascinating project, like both photographic wise and content wise. And, you know, this year, uh, he was very happy to cooperate. I'm just sorry that he can't be here, but we'll have him online. Oh, that'll be good. So that's part of the online program. Right. And uh, another photographer is Rafał Milak from Poland. I think I saw his work, The Winners, six or seven years ago when I was at Krakow Photo Festival. It was one of the names I recognized. So what is he showing this year? So he's done like a special installation considering the terms that we're exhibiting in and the wall and everything. So he's done like a special collage from his project, The First March of Gentlemen, which he did, I think, in 2017, which is composed of different photos from archives, Polish archives of demonstrations in Poland, like in the beginning and the middle of the 20th century. And his work is all about the right to protest, which is, you know, it's in Poland and it's like a hundred years ago, but it's so, so relevant everywhere, both in Israel right now with everything that's going on and like um, people wanting to protesting against our prime minister and both in Poland now with everything that's happening with the abortions and everywhere. So it seems so right and it looks so great outside it's full of color and uh, it's very powerful yeah i mean they look great on the screen like there's lots of quite graphic elements so on a larger scale it would be really good yeah so it's great because we really thought about the space and then he sent something relevant and uh, another artist which i've been following is diana markosian she's an armenian american photographer and she's showing a project called 1915 which speaks about the armenian genocide she did this in 2015 and she was working with the like survivors of this genocide all of them over a hundred years old she went she interviewed them they sent her to their homeland and she came back with photographs for them and she documented the whole process so it's a very unique and moving project so that's just a few yeah of the exhibitions this year yeah i think when i saw the program as well there are quite a lot I suppose a lot of them are relevant to the existential crises that we feel parts of the world are in right now. Looking at previous year's editions of the festival, maybe they felt a bit lighter. Content-wise, this one does feel a lot more serious and there's quite a lot of photo documentary going deep into some of the subjects. Was that intentional? It just happened. I think we always have this goal of showing works that tell stories that mean something. It sounds very naive, but I think we want to be a part of making some social change through what we do. And I think that, in a way, it just happens. The photographs we pick, and it's not only us. We have different committees, like in the Open Call and the Metal Award, which we'll probably talk about soon. Eventually, it all comes together to be something really talking about the global situation, the need for a change, the way the different photographers see it. So I'm sure it's something with the way that we're running it. But And maybe this year more than ever, because we all feel the need for a change, because maybe the corona somehow made us all more aware of 
all the bad things that are going on, not related to Corona, but I know that here it's very, you know. No, it's, I think it's certainly amplified a lot of the things that we're already either aware of or they're in the back of our minds and it's brought a lot of things definitely to the to the surface. Yeah, exactly, because there is less option of hiding now and, I don't know, doing our thing and shutting ourselves out from what's going on. Suddenly we're, you know... Everything is in front of our faces. I know in Israel it's very much so, because everything is dysfunctional. In a way, it's all coming together, and the good artists have a way of showing it and making us realize it, and we're uh, happy to be showing it and make people think. The first work I think I saw that's featured in the festival was the 20 shortlisted artists from the open call, and I didn't see the main selection until after that. That selection, it was also quite a powerful mix of social documentary, but also quite interesting conceptual work as well. Was the work that also came through the open call different to previous years? Somehow I feel it was even better this year. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's also the theme of transformation that encouraged these kind of works, but yeah, there were really good works. The committee had a difficult time choosing. Uh, there were really great works. And also, you know, I got introduced to artists I never heard of before, which were really good. And I also like that people's interpretations of the theme are so different. It could be something purely documentary, but then, as you said, it could be re- conceptual work, which also goes so well with this subject so it's really nice to see like the different directions and also see that the artists like as opposed to what many times you know many times is said about artists they are not self-involved at all the best works deal with stuff happening all over the world that you know they're noticing they want to change and also if the work is personal there's always something very global to it yeah. So you said earlier that the open call was something that started when you started to work at the festival. Have there been artists from previous open calls that you've worked with again or that have reappeared in other editions of the festival or that you've seen grow from their involvement? I think it's a bit early to say because it's like only the third year. So I'm trying to think if I had someone like... Um, even sometimes when we see someone that's submitted to the open call and then we know that we have like a support for like a larger exhibition, solo exhibition from like another institution, then we would do this match. I mean, we had it last year with the Norwegian artist. She submitted to the open call and then she had a solo exhibition last year and I see she's really growing and she's great. I don't even know, you know, what follows what, but it's a very good way to get to know the artist. I'm just thinking in terms of photographers and artists that listen to the show that are often wondering, how do I get my work out there? How can I get exposure? And it sounds like through the festival and through the open call, it is a good opportunity to at least get your work in front of people that are in the field that have selected it and give it that recognition to say, these people are doing something important. And through the open call or through the exhibition within this festival, that can then lead to other things. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely the case. Both in the Open Call and the Maitar Award. Mm-hmm. So the Maitar Award is a book award, isn't it? So this year it's a publication award, but all ah, years... Ah, it's not normally. Okay. Yeah, no, it's something unique that we did for this year. So it's 
this year is the fifth year of the award. So basically the award is an award for excellence in photography uh, supported by the Maitar Family Fund, which have been our partners all these years. The jury is worldwide professionals. You know, we have curators from Faux Museum and directors of festivals like Paul London Director and we have Tel Aviv Museum Director and Photography Academy Directors and really worldwide renowned photographers and it's a really great jury. And usually what happens each year is that 20, also it's anonymous, and there are 20 finalists that are selected and they exhibit their work in a group exhibition each year. The same year that they submit it, they will show at the festival. And then during the festival, one winner is selected and then he gets a personal grant and a grant to exhibit a solo exhibition in next year's festival. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yes. So this year, for instance, Gloria Oyazerbal, she's last year winner and she's exhibiting a solo exhibition. But this year, because of the corona, because this open call was launched after, you know, the corona happened. So uh, we decided we want to do something different. And then we had a cooperation also with Bloa Press from Poland. It's a very nice boutique publishing company. And then this year's winner will win a $20,000 worth grant for a publication of a professional photography book which is a very exciting prize because, you know, we didn't, we wanted to do something special for this year. And uh, again, we got some really good submissions and I already know who the winner is. (laughs) (laughs) I won't tell you, but yeah. When is it announced? So it's announced uh, next Saturday. uh, Next Saturday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully I'll have this on before then. So build the excitement. So it sounds like there's almost two parallel open calls that happen during the festival, the Mitar Award and the thematic open call. So how is the Mitar Award different previously? Well, it's different, first of all, because Mitar is only photography. Our open call is very open also to having video works and installations and performance. Also, our open call is on the festival's theme and Meitar is open. It can be submitted in any theme and what we're looking for is really excellence in photography and, you know, a unique story. And this year it was also the ability to form a book, which is different. You can have a really good series, but it won't necessarily be a good book. And this year we were also looking for this. Yeah, sometimes, you know, people do get confused. But they are different and also photographers can apply for both when we have cases where photographers get accepted to both. Yeah. Do you think you'll continue with books in the future? Is there a book component of Photo Israel? Because if I think about Arl and I think about Unseen and other festivals, they usually have a big book part that draws its own audience. Is that also the case with Photo Israel? So I think photography books are very important and they're they're getting like more recognition, I think, you know, in the last few years, even though everything is online, etc. In photography, I think books are very, very important and everyone is realizing it. So previously we have had like small book fairs and like artists signing their books, but we didn't have any large, as you said, in Unseen and also in Photo London, what they have in the Tate. And, you know, I hope we can have something like that. Once the world is back to normal, then I think it's one of the things that we want to develop. And I think that what we've done with Meitar this year could be a step towards this kind of development. Because I know that 
for me, like when I go to festivals, it's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, same. It's especially after you've had a few days of looking at exhibitions and walking around. It's always nice to have a day at the book part. Right. Looking through books yeah. and talking to And then you get to take something home. Yeah. <laughs> you get to, you know. So I hope, yeah, we can develop to that as well. So with Gloria's project, Woman Go Nogre. Right. That was a book that's being adapted for an exhibition. Is that right? It. I mean, when she submitted it, it wasn't a book yet. The book just came out recently, but she submitted it to the award as her project and it won. And I think during the last year, she had a lot of exposure also in other festivals and she had the book come out. And it's a very unique, interesting project. She's started in Nigeria since, I think, three years ago. She's still working on it. It involves her photographs, photographs from archives, and also she does both street photography there and studio photography. People she photographs like in different costumes. She has done a lot of research and a lot of reading, and it's a very, I think, important and profound work. It definitely suits the book format, I think, because it does seem almost quite ethnographic, the way that she's gone into a lot of the history of how Western civilization has influenced feminism in that part of Africa and how it's sort of shifted and how it was a quite... Well, that region maybe was more matriarchal before and that's flipped because of the influence of Western society, which, I mean, I've obviously had no exposure to before, but reading about her involvement with it and telling the different stories, it does sound like a really great project, so... It's nice to see that one included in the festival. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it is a great project. And she, she has a very like unique way of looking at things. And it's it, it fits a book really great. But also when we were talking, we started like planning the exhibition before we knew this, would, you know, everything that would happen. And when I told her we're going to have to move to like an exterior exhibition she was totally on board and she said she feels her works really fit this format and she was you know happy to make everything to work to do this shift and her show looks really really good and she will also have an online talk during the Maytar announcement how will that happen so through the photo israel website people can then register for different events so there's like ones on each day of the festival i guess how will it take place so we have the whole first week will be full of events. We try to have them all in one week to have one concentrated week of events. We do have like mm -hmm. one or two happening later. Each evening we have two to three events and everyone can register. It's all free and then you get a link. And this festival this year is all free. Like both the exhibitions, the physical one and the lectures. Uh, usually we do have tickets and, and we also have income from the tickets. And this year we thought we'll do it differently and it's exciting. Because I saw as well, I think almost every exhibition has a complimentary online component. So it has a presentation or a lecture or a talk or something like that. Yes, yes, yeah. There was one I thought, oh, I want to really see this one. I think Daniel Sela-I, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. his name. The one about the chickens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is really interesting. This is also like a cooperation we had uh, with the Kappa Center in Budapest he has this work about the special breed of chickens which is like is rated for medicine purposes I'm also really looking forward to hearing him speak about it because I still don't understand everything even though I've read and you know curated but yeah it's a very unique story as well so he's gonna talk with the curator from the center and again this also it's this opportunity to talk to so many 
people that normally we couldn't. And showing everything online is also enabling people both in Israel, but also abroad that can't come physically to the square to see and to hear and to be involved. Does that mean all of the exhibitions that are taking part, they're available to view online during the time? Yes. I mean, not fully, you know, not everything that's outside will be in the website, but we have a lot. We will also have someone doing like uh, this virtual tour of the square, which we will have online and In the physical exhibitions themselves, we're also involving this other way of seeing films and different um, projects with QR codes. So the physical element also has a digital element to it, again, to enable people to see more than we're able to show. Has it given you the opportunity this year to try a lot of things that you've always wanted to? From a digital standpoint, if I think when I've spoke to other curators in the past, this past meaning the last few months and other festivals, there's been online things that they would like to have done, but it was just difficult to realize them. And now because everybody's doing everything digitally and online, now is the chance to do it and to invest in these different technologies. Has that also been the case? I'm very much a person of physical <laughs> exhibitions. No, I'm the same. Uh, so I'm the same. I've, I've never had a dream of uh, <laughs> presenting stuff online, but I will say what it did enable me to, you know, is, yeah, we do have like a more, the, the website this year and the presence of the exhibitions on the website is much more, I think, extensive and professional than it was before. And again, the, the opportunity to talk to so many people, the fact that, you know, now we're all, you know, Zooming all day long and then we realize it's much easier than we thought before. Now I can talk to, you know, Martin Parr in two days and Jonas Bendix in next week and everything's Things that we didn't do before are suddenly so easy to do. So I think for me, that was like the change. Yeah, I think that's been really nice. Even though we can't physically go to the places, ironically, we've been more connected to people because we can just do it over the internet. Now it's just like picking up the phone and say, well, we can just call them and have a chat rather than worrying about flying people in or arranging visas or funding and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, personally, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to the to the online program. There's a few I've got to, I'm thinking I'll have to register for that one, register for that one because yeah. there's some nice presentations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yes, you should. <laughs> I was going to ask you last year, you had Alex Soth was one of the big speakers last year and it was the 15th anniversary of Sleeping by the Mississippi, which also, I guess, is quite a, a, a seminal publication. Was that the first time his work had been presented physically in Israel? Yes, yes, yes. This is definitely one of the highlights of the festival and my career Last year I said, okay, I'm retiring, you know, there's nothing else I, can, I want to do. But uh, it was really exciting. Um, last year's theme was fantasy. So when Alex South came and we had exhibitions and, and the talk that we had, I told him, okay, this is the theme. And, you know, my fantasy was to bring you to the festival. So he said, okay, you should get like a, a richer fantasy world. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it was definitely for me like a dream come true because, you know, he's one of the greatest and uh, Sleeping by the Mississippi is such an important project. And I think other than like photography lovers and the academic community, people in Israel didn't really know him. So it was really great to have him over and to show works from Sleeping by the Mississippi in Israel for the first time and to have him over and he did a talk and a book signing and 
it was really a highlight of the festival and I think also it shows that if we want something to happen okay we're like a relatively small festival and in a controversial country okay and then we just reached out and he came and um uh, I think that's the thing that we're doing. We want to make things happen and we're just trying and a lot of them are actually happening. So photoisrael.org is the website to go to. Are you doing a lot of things on social media as well or is it mostly just through the website? The social media, Facebook, Instagram, with the website together, it's all showing what we're doing. We do through social media have different like For instance, this year we have Nadav Kander who's going to show and speak. For his lecture, he had an idea instead of doing his regular talk about his works, then why don't we do this thing that he would build his lecture on what people are asking. Like not only the Q&A at the end, but actually build a whole lecture around it. So we had like a call through Instagram and Facebook, what do you want to ask Nadav Kander? And then we'll pick the best questions and we'll send it to him like now, which is a week before his exhibition. And then he will build the, the lecture, sorry, and then he'll build a whole lecture around these questions. So I think this is something that we're using social media for, which can be interesting. No, that's really good. Because I've often felt sometimes that social media, for better or worse, can often feel more like a broadcast platform. platform than an actual social interaction or where you can actually have an exchange with people so it's good to hear that you managed to use it as a way to to gather information and then I guess present the information back to people through like through his exhibition or his presentation that's taking place next week yeah yeah if I understand right he's also debuting new work isn't he or he's presenting work for the first time on brand new work at the festival yes yeah so he's presenting two works and very large-scale works from a project that he did around the corona and the lockdown. He wrote a very nice statement about it, which is also on our website. And I think uh, its look is very different than his other works. I think content-wise, it deals with the same issues and has like, mm-hmm. the same uh, kind of quiet, I don't know, even med- meditative like quality to it. But it's very different, and, and it's exciting to have him, you know, show this in our festival and talk about it. And I've actually showed his works in a group exhibition four years ago in the festival, and I'm glad to, you know, still be in touch with him and have him involved. Oh, so. well, it's really exciting. So you've got two more days, or it starts in two days. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it feels different this year. Like, you know, we're always... It feels very different uh, because mm-hmm. it will be a different kind of festival. Uh, but again, I think it's very exciting to be doing something physical. Yeah, I was just thinking that actually the kind of nerves before an opening are different because you're not in the physical space. You're preparing things online, but it's still right. the same kind of emotional response to getting something ready to be. to open <laughs> no so actually we this week the past week was the first time that we were in the physical space mm-hmm. and we were all like the t- we were outside installing and it was like it felt like such you know an exciting social activity suddenly we were sitting down like having coffee together you know we haven't done this for a month of course you know outside and you know far away from each other and with masks and everything but people are still you We were sending out invitations for the opening and we said, okay, it's open all these days. There is an opening mm-hmm. online event and people still don't get it. Like they think there is, and 
actual opening outside. They say, okay, I'll see you Monday evening. And I'm saying, no, there is no opening. We can't have an opening. But, you know, come to the square. But, you know, people are thirsty for culture. Oh, good. Well, I, I hope that it all goes well on Monday in the digital space the, at the opening. Yeah. But, yeah, throughout Thank the week you. as well. Yeah, it's nice that it's happening. It's month of preparations and seeing yeah all this work from the computer come outside and go online and it's fun it's worth it the show's actually traveling around israel is that right like it's going to different locations yeah so it's the first time that we have this plan to go around israel to the periphery mm-hmm. most of the culture is in the center it's in tel aviv a bit in jerusalem but there's like the north and south which don't have a lot of spaces for this and yeah this is our plan to travel throughout the year the exhibitions we can't say which locations yet because it's all in a work process but it is definitely going to happen and it's also very exciting and i think it's also something that this year enabled us to do like think differently I hope you enjoyed learning about the festival and Maya Anna's role as chief curator I've listed in the show notes the various topics that we spoke about but otherwise just visit photoisrael.org to check the program of exhibitions and online events that will be taking place between now and the 21st of November in other news I've recently taken on the role of podcast producer for a recently launched podcast The Meaningful Life with Andrew G. Marshall, which explores relationships, mental health, and what makes our lives meaningful. It's available on all major podcast platforms, so I recommend checking it out. Thanks again for tuning in. My name is Michael Dooney, and you've been listening to Subtext and Discourse.